0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step One Podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of juvenile idiopathic arthritis found under the MSK section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A nine-year-old girl presents to the pediatrician's office by her mother due to fever and joint pain. The mother reports that she has been having knee and wrist pain for approximately seven weeks. Her pain is worse in the morning and is associated with swelling of the affected joints. She develops a fever daily that later subsides. On physical exam, there is tenderness to palpation of the affected joint. Laboratory studies are significant for an elevated ANA, ESR, and CRP. She is negative for rheumatoid factor. Let's continue with an introduction to juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Clinically, this is defined as a broad term that encompasses different types of pediatric chronic arthritis that is characterized by joint pain and inflammation. One or more joints are involved for at least six weeks in patients less than 16 years of age. Subtypes include polyarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis, which involves five or more joints, possearticular JIA, which is when one to four joints are involved, and systemic JIA, which is when there is involvement of the viscera. In terms of the epidemiology, this is the most common chronic rheumatologic disorder in children. Demographically, it is more frequently seen with patients with European ancestry. In terms of the pathogenesis, it is not well understood, but it may involve both genetic and environmental factors. Remember that the humoral and cell-mediated immune system are involved. T-cells release tumor necrosis factor alpha interleukin 6 and interleukin 1 and the humoral immune system is involved by increasing anti-nuclear antibody production immunoglobulins and circulating immune complexes in terms of the prognosis positive factors include improvement with advances in treatment and negative factors include early hip or wrist involvement and the presence of rheumatoid factor moving on to the presentation symptoms may include a fever which typically demonstrates a quotidian pattern meaning that the fevers occur once or twice per day that eventually subside. There may be morning stiffness and joint pain. Remember that joint stiffness and pain can also be noted with prolonged periods of inactivity, such as with sitting. And there may be visual changes, which can be suggestive of a uveitis. On exam, one may note joint involvement in the setting of swelling, limited range of motion, and tenderness to palpation. There may be uveitis and there can be visceral involvement in cases of systemic JIA, such as evanescent and salmon-colored macular rashes, hepatosplenomegaly, and serositis, for example, pleural and pericardial effusions. In terms of further studies, labs may demonstrate elevated CRP and ESR. This is typically seen in systemic and polyarticular JIA. There may be a positive ANA in most cases and the diagnostic criteria requires a patient less than 16 years of age with one or more joints involved for at least six weeks. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about reactive arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus erythematosus, leukemia, and pediatric sarcoidosis. In terms of treatment, conservative options include periodic ophthalmologic exams. This is indicated for monitoring of eye involvement such as uveitis. Medical options include nonsteroidal anti inflammatory drugs. This is indicated for symptomatic relief. Another option is disease modifying anti rheumatic drugs. This is indicated for controlling inflammatory processes. Specific medications include methotrexate, etanercept, and adalimumab. Another option is intra articular glucocorticoids. This is effective in managing inflamed joints. And lastly, complications related to JIA include infection, macrophage activation syndrome, pericarditis, hemolytic anemia, and endarteritis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to juvenile idiopathic arthritis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A four-year-old male is brought to the pediatrician for a low-grade fever. His mother states that he has had a waxing and waning fever for the past six days with temperatures ranging from 99.8 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.7 degrees Celsius to 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.3 degrees Celsius. She reports that he had a similar episode three months ago. She also reports symmetric joint swelling in the child's knees and wrists that has become increasingly noticeable over the past eight weeks. He has not had a cough difficulty breathing, or change in his bowel movements. The child was born at 40 weeks gestation. His height and weight are in the 45th and 40th percentiles respectively. He takes no medications. His temperature is 100.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 100 over 65. Pulse is 105 beats per minute, and respirations are 18 breaths per minute. On exam, there is a non-pruritic macular, salmon-colored truncal rash. Serological exam reveals the following. Serum rheumatoid factor is negative. Anti-nuclear antibody is negative. Anti-double-stranded DNA is negative. Anti-SSA is negative. Anti-SSB is negative. Human leukocyte antigen B27 is positive. And erythrocyte sedimentation rate is 30. The patient is most likely at increased risk of developing which of the following? And the answer choices are, choice 1, iridocyclitis, choice 2, sacroiliitis, choice 3, scoliosis, choice 4, aortitis, or choice 5, dactylitis. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, iridocyclitis. The patient in this vignette presents with intermittent fever, polyarthritis, and rash, suggestive of juvenile idiopathic arthritis. JIA is associated with iridocyclitis, which can lead to blindness if not identified and treated appropriately. JIA is a non-migratory mono- or polyarthritis that occurs in prepubescent children. It is characterized by intermittent fever, joint pain, salmon-colored rash, and other extra-articular manifestations. An important complication of JIA is the increased risk of iridocyclitis a form of uveitis. Patients with JIA therefore need to be screened regularly for vision changes or signs of uveitis to avoid potential blindness. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Sacroiliitis refers to inflammation of the sacroiliac joints. This condition is seen in patients with ankylosing spondylitis, a systemic autoimmune seronegative arthropathy which is associated with HLA-B27. Choice 3. Scoliosis refers to a spinal deformity characterized by abnormal curvature and rotation of the spine. Scoliosis is associated with some systemic diseases including Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, Marfan syndrome, Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease, and cerebral palsy. Choice 4. Aortitis refers to inflammation of the aorta. It is seen in patients with ankylosing spondylitis, Takayasu arteritis, giant cell arteritis, polyarteritis nodosa sarcoidosis, and others. Choice 5. Dactylitis refers to painful inflammation of the entire digit. Dactylitis can occur in seronegative arthropathies like psoriatic arthritis and ankylosing spondylitis, or in vaso-occlusive crises due to sickle cell disease. Finally, a bullet summary. Patients with juvenile idiopathic arthritis require regular ophthalmologic evaluation to reduce the risk of blindness secondary to uveitis. That's all for this review about juvenile idiopathic arthritis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.